Welcome to the Chlorine King Podcast, where your host, Eric Taylor, will discuss tips for the do-it-yourselfer, answer listeners' questions, conduct product reviews, and host special guests from the pool industry. Grab your swimsuits and let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Chlorine King Pool Service Show podcast. My name is Eric and I'm the owner of Chlorine King Pool Service and also your host tonight. We have another great episode in store for you guys, but before we get to our guests and our main topic, let's talk with Laura. She emailed us and wants to know what causes a green pool. So Laura, there's three reasons. Bad water chemistry is one of them, bad circulation is another, and then a combination of both is the final one. So let's talk about those. Chemically, you need to make sure that uh, you you have a good chlorine reading. As long as everything else is in check, your pool should stay algae-free. Now, a couple things to look for is your pH. Uh, Make sure that's not high because the higher your pH goes, the chlorine's a lot less effective there. And then also check your stabilizer level because if it's north of 100, the the amount of chlorine you need to keep the pool clear is, is substantially higher. And also, if you got a good chlorine reading, everything else is in check, check for phosphates because most of the time that's going to be the culprit. Phosphates is essentially an algae food, so it doesn't really matter how much chlorine you have in the water. If you have a lot of phosphates, like north of 1,000 parts per billion present, you're going to start getting algae growth regardless of the chlorine level. So check all that stuff, and uh, you'll see that once you get that stuff in check, the algae should start going away. Another option could be bad circulation. So, you know, if you got leaky pipes, your, your filter's dirty, you haven't backwashed it or replaced the cartridge in a while, the equipment's undersized for the pool, which is, happens to be our main topic, all that stuff could, uh, you know, cause algae because the water's not circulating properly or enough. And also make sure your timer's running enough throughout the day. In the summertime, we'd want the timer to be 8 to 12 hours a day. The wintertime, you can get away to 4 to 6, but as the water gets hotter, you definitely want the water circulating and moving around. And then lastly, just a combination of both. Uh, You know, you just need to check everything from head to toe. Go out there with a checklist and make sure everything's good to go there. And this is all given that you're maintaining your pool as far as vacuuming and brushing. Because every pool has dead spots, for instance. And if you're not brushing the walls where it gets, you know, the dead spots and the water's not circulating that well, you know, you're going to start getting algae there. And if you're not cleaning the debris off the floor, you know, that's uh, eating up your available chlorine because the chlorine tries to attack the debris that's there. So it's definitely imperative that you clean the pool and maintain it as well above all else. So hopefully that answers your question. If you're looking for a little more information, I do have a blog on my website at chlorinekingpools.com. It's titled, I just added chlorine to my pool. Why is it still green? And then also you can uh, visit me on YouTube. I uh, made a YouTube video, a how-to for how to clean out a green pool. So if that all else fails, definitely give us a call. We'll be happy to come out and take a look and take care of you. Thank you so much for your question, Laura. If you have any other questions in the future, don't hesitate to reach out and we'll be more than happy to help. So moving on to the main topic this evening, equipment sizing and why it's important. The main point of the topic is just to make sure that the equipment you're putting in your pool is optimal for your pool. And if you go to replace equipment down the road, make sure that it is uh, given similar performance. When the pool's originally built, as you'll hear from Joel later, the engineer made the pool a certain way with certain size plumbing, certain horsepower pump, certain size filter and as you go in the future and change things around you want to make sure you give them a similar performance or you maybe change the dynamics of the pool. The entire purpose of the filtration equipment is to make sure that your water is uh, being filtered and sanitized correctly to keep the water safe and healthy for your swimmers. 
All right, guys, I'm excited to announce I have Joel Dramus here. Uh, he's from Port St. Lucie. We actually connected through a Facebook group, and he's been a huge help to me through my growing pains, always helping me. So I wanted to say thank you for all the help you've always given me and that you will give me. So welcome. Thank you, sir. Anytime. My pleasure. So let's talk about your background. How did you get started in the industry? How did you decide that you want to do pools? Did you work in the industry beforehand? You started your own business. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I actually started up uh, growing up with my uh, father, working on the weekends, um, you know, Saturdays, Sundays. We were actually were wiring houses, trimming out condominiums together, and uh, so part of a big family. So, I don't know, my parents kind of just wanted to get me out of the house. <laughs> my, mom would, my mom would break sometimes, you know. Yeah. And that kind of turned into as time went on, I worked for on the weekends for different contractors wiring different things, you know, so there was a CC's Pizzas, there was this, that, stores, big houses, small houses, track homes, whatever, and uh, one particular guy I worked for was wiring pools for a pool company, mm-hmm. that's all he did. So you were an electrician and, uh, beforehand? Yeah, so I had an electrical background, you know, I, I was an electrician, basically going to do it till the day I die, until I got laid off one day, mm-hmm. and I thought, well... <laughs> I guess if the outlet doesn't work, they're just going to plug into another one. So, you know, I'm not really that needed uh, the time. You know, there was a recession going on mm-hmm. during that time. I was always fascinated as a kid with the pools because I wired so many of them. I saw so many different ones. I thought it was the coolest thing. So, you know, I after being laid off, I tried to find a job anywhere. I ended up sweeping floors at a different pool builder mm-hmm. uh, in that same town. Okay. So, and uh, one day he asked me, he said, I know you're an electrician. He's like, can you, can you can change a motor out for me? I said, yeah, I can, I can figure that out. Of course, I screwed it up, but uh, I fixed it and learned from reading the books and all the, I guess, schematics in the back of the manuals about different products and different uh, equipment that's out there. It kind of started out like that. I became a startup guy, and then they needed a salesperson because the guy there was messing, making mistakes, messing up, and... You know, it just kind of turned into, then I was designing and building pools, mm-hmm. doing startups at the same time, meeting new customers, doing trainings, you know, pool schools, showing them how the equipment works. And I really didn't have any background in that. I just kind of learned from being on the job, you gotcha. know, just taking things apart, figuring out how they worked and reading manuals and schematics and talking to the reps and distributors and trying to learn stuff, you know, and that's kind of how I, I got thrown into the business by default because there was nobody no startup guy i was the guy was the guy no sales guy i was a sales guy so <laughs> yeah sort of got thrown into it and i after a couple of years i kind of realized you know there's always going to be a need for a good pool service guy and a guy who can fix things and understand uh the customer's needs are be able to give them i guess a solution because every pool is so different sometimes you know um some people need controls. Some people just need a bigger pump. Some people need, you know, want to have salt. It's important to them. Um, yeah. And know, the wor- so yeah, and the worst thing you say to somebody is, "I don't know," you know, as a customer. Right, and I had to do a lot of that. And people would say, "I respect that." You know, when you get an answer, let me know. So I call them back the next day. I'm like, "Oh, you need this and this and this." And they're like, "Okay, how much?" And I'm telling them a price. They say, "Okay." And then my boss is like, "Well, now you can sell things. You can sell pools." <laughs> Yeah, you know, and uh, it wasn't that hard, honestly. I mean, just a little bit of reading and hands-on, you're yeah. good to go. 
Awesome. So that you worked for someone before you started your own business. How long have you started your how long have you had your business for? Started my business when my son before my son was born, he's gonna be four. So I would say little just about four years now. Okay. Um you know, I I worked for a pool service company and they pretty much said, you know, you're too smart to work for us. Uh, for lack of better words, I don't really know how to say it. I'm not trying to sound uh, pompous or arrogant, but they pretty much said, you fix everything for us. You can have your own company and be successful. Mm-hmm. So I, I did that. It was kind of scary. You have a kid and you have to make, make something work, you know, make some money and pay bills, you know. So uh, we did, and it worked out. Awesome. All right, Joel. So the topic tonight is equipment sizing and why it's important. So if you could give the listeners uh, an idea of when the equipment is sized during the building process and also why it's so important along with like an A to Z on the topic. Well, I'll start out with uh, design because really the builder has the option to pick the equipment and suggest equipment to the customer. So if you're going to go with a variable speed pump that say is up to three horsepower or uh, some other brands are 2.5 or 2.7, whatever it is, you have to have your piping, the suction lines and pressure lines back to the pool sized accordingly so you can get a certain amount of feet per second so you can have a certain amount of flow through those pipes so that they're efficient. So that being said, if the builder decides to be cheap and put, a, say, a two-speed pump in or you know wants to give you uh, a smaller pump, you know, it's really too small for the pool, they're going to design the pool send it over to the engineer the engineer is going to stamp it and say okay this is good and he'll write the sizes on there for each of the the pipes the main drain the skimmer the uh, suction line the pressure lines all that stuff so he's the determining factor is the engineer Mm -hmm. so you really can't deviate from that once it's done they've designed it and that's what has to go in there so it's not as simple as just getting a pump out of a store and just putting in the pool and being okay right if the pool's designed for a two horsepower pool pump if you say let's just take a pentair pump for example because i'm most familiar with the pentairs okay um any any manufacturer the same thing uh, i'm not familiar with hayward as much but if you say you have a pentair and teleflow that might be a three horsepower pump then you have a or let's just say a two horsepower whisper flow pump and then you have a two horsepower super flow pump you're going to get more gpms or gallons per minute out of the whisper flow so instead of having a two inch main drain uh line you might have a two and a half inch Okay. Main drain line. Okay. And the, so you can get actually more out of the bigger pump, the whisper flow pump. It's a higher head pump, so you have more flow and you're going to have more availability to do more water features, you know, bigger shear descent, you know, that type of thing. So, really, when you say, I want to do this, if the pool doesn't call for that, then they're going to say, you know, you only need a horse and a half, you don't need a two horsepower when you design the pool. You may tell the customer, I'm going to upgrade you, it can be a two horsepower pump, but. If the pipe sizing is only good for a one horsepower or a 1.5, that pump can be starving for water and start cavitating because it can't get enough water into the pump. So you really got to match your plumbing to the equipment when you design a pool. Gotcha. And so, boys and girls, this is why it's very important to hire a professional that really understands the hydrodynamics of the system and not just, oh, I can put that in and wish for the best. Right. Because... I mean, you're trying to push this water through these pipes, and, you know, I tell people all the time, they're like buying inch-and-a-half pipe to do a repair. I'm like, just buy two-inch. Keep everything two-inch on your truck because most of the inlets and outlets of the filters and pumps are already two-inch anyways. Mm-hmm. And why would you want to, you know, put a small 
piece of inch and a half pipe to make the pump work harder. You want it to be the least amount of fittings as possible, least amount of 90s as possible. You don't want to have a bunch of 90s and things you don't really need because the pump has to work harder. Exactly. So then you have to factor in a clogged up filter. You're going to add a heater into the mix. You know, you have all these extra little things that add to a full pump sizing or a filter sizing. You know what I mean? You need to be conscious of making repairs and not just make it fit somehow. Think of the fastest way or the easiest route to get to the next piece of equipment and the least amount of fittings as possible. Exactly. They always say that the, you know, not pool related, but the fastest way between two points is straight lines. So... You know, I know that if you put, you know, when you put a 90 degree fitting in, you're losing 3% of the, the, the flow uh, to the pool. So if you got four or five of those in before you can get to the pump, you're really creating some issues there. Exactly. And even, even before the pump, I see a lot of guys put two back to back 90s. It cuts the flow of the pump down, you know, 50%, 40%. Exactly. And so you got to be careful with that kind of stuff. Definitely. So that sort of leads into the next question, uh, which we sort of already hinted on. Why is it important, and what are the benefits of uh, you know choosing the correct equipment sizing? You know, I think you have to look at the future sometimes, not just what's in front of you. You might have, say, a 15 by 30 pool, and you know this person, let's just say you, Eric, you, you have a pool in your backyard, right? I mean, mm-hmm. when it was designed, they may have said, okay, this is a 15 by 30 pool and a little sheer descent over here. What size pump do I need? Oh, I need a 1.5. Okay, that'll make everything run awesome. Well, the next owner, you sell your house to your next guy, and he wants to do things differently. He wants to take that sheer descent off and put a little waterfall back there. Mm-hmm. You know, I always look to the future and think to myself, you know, what would I do? Or what might somebody else do? Maybe they're going to add solar. Um, maybe they're going to add a pressure cleaner or something. You know, who knows? Um, if you have the availability to go bigger, I would say go bigger pipe sizing. You get less restriction on the lines. You get better flow, and you have more potential to add more things down the road too. So that's a great point. That's a great point because the worst, the thing I hate the most is when I'm putting putting in a piece of equipment is the builder didn't think about us that have to go to replace the equipment. We're working in like a a shoe closet. And uh, there's no room to expand or anything. If someone does want to put in solar, someone does want to put in a salt cell, I mean, there's space that's required for that. That's true. And we run into that a lot, especially on the older pools. And, you know, you don't want to go to a customer and say, hey, you have to spend $2,500 and get a new pump, a new filter, and new this and new that. But at the end of the day, you're doing them disservice by not replumbing everything in a more efficient way and giving yourself also more space to add things or change things, you know, put a salt system in. I put a loop after every single filter, you know, uh, just up in the air and back down again. Mm -hmm. You can always cut that, put a salt cell there. You could plumb in a heater from there, whatever you want to do. It's always there. Yeah, but you're you're being smart about it and thinking about the future and not just today. So that's good. Correct, because you don't want to have to deal with go put a, a new pump and filter in for somebody they pay say, say just, just, just say a thousand dollars and then they want to add uh let's just say they want to add uh either a heat pump you know so you come right out of the filter and go right into the ground and you have no space to tie anything on you gotta buy a whole new union for the filter mm-hmm. you have to buy extra fittings and to me it, and then it never looks the same it always looks like you just made a mistake you know so yeah exactly 
keep keep it clean, you know? Absolutely. Clean and professional. Absolutely. So next question, though, is is it worth the investment to update to it, uh, update an incorrectly sized component? You know, if, if you got a filter that's terribly undersized or a pump that's way too large for the plumbing, I mean, is it worth it? And how do you... How do you explain that to the customer so they know that what you're doing is is really trying to help them and not just pad your pocket? Well, I I kind of explain this one. I use this analogy a lot. I don't even know where I got it from. Maybe I made it myself. I, I don't remember. It's going back a ways. Um, you think of like a marathon runner or anybody who does any kind of strenuous activities, uh, exercising, you know, you're huffing and puffing, you can't get enough oxygen in, you're just like, you're out of breath, you know, end of the marathon, you're like, you just feel like you want to die. That's pretty much how your equipment's going to feel when you don't have the right equipment because Mm -hmm. you have a big pump and a small filter. Well, that pump has to work harder to pump through that filter. And also the filter is taking the beating too. It's going to have more stress on the filter, more, it's going to have a a higher pressure. Um, So, and the velocity of the water would be a lot stronger, so you might go through more cartridges as well. So when you have restrictions, you're making your equipment uh, work harder, and it's not necessary. You know, you're creating a lot of restriction for no reason. Yeah, exactly. To tie into that, I actually had that same exact scenario. I went on a estimate for a green pool clean-out, uh, I don't know, maybe a month ago, and I looked over the people's equipment, and they had a 50... 50 square foot cartridge filter. Now, you listeners, if if you don't know, it's a very small, small filter, and uh, they had a horse and a half pump going to it, and uh, they were, they didn't understand why they kept going through cartridges every month because they kept blowing it out because the uh, the filter just couldn't handle the the pressure from the pump, and also when they vacuumed the floor, you know, the it would blow back into the pool. It's just the the filter was being totally overwhelmed, and they just didn't understand that, and that's where you or I would come in and say. Hey, you know, we need to upgrade the filter, make it larger, so it can handle the pumps, uh, you know, power essentially. Correct. I mean, you have an undersized filter. You have you have worse problems with the undersized filter than just the pump burning out prematurely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you have other issues too. You're going to have to clean that filter more often. Mm-hmm. Um, be purchase, purchasing more cartridges over the you know life of the filter. And again, if you do the calculation, you figure out the size of the filter you need, I can almost bet you that they probably had a three-quarter or a one-horsepower on that thing. And when that pool was designed, it was probably the right size. Yeah. yeah. But by today's term, by today's standards, it would be the wrong size because you want to have a bigger filter, more surface area. Let's be honest. People use their pools in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not like it's uh, put it up for three months and use it and take it down. You know, we're not up to the other states, you know what I mean? So Yeah, it's running it's be, all the time, yeah. Yeah, it's really sized accordingly. You might have 15 people in there on a Saturday. Next thing you know, you're getting no flow through the uh, pump. You have no suction, you have no pressure, you know. Then you get a green pool, a cloudy pool, you know. Yep, and who they come to? They come to us. Why is it like this? Well, your equipment is terribly undersized. Right. So... You know, if, if someone could uh, benefit from one component being upgraded or at least updated to the correct size, which would it be? You know, I would say if you're talking about filtration, I would probably say get the biggest benefit out of installing a variable speed pump, like on a, that has, on a situation where you already have a, a single speed pump, um, even a two speed pump, because you can really run that system to the exact size of the piping that's there. You can, you can 
basically you can turn all the settings down to a lower speed mm-hmm. or up to a higher speed, um, give the customer options to save money. Um, if the filter is already a good size, it's adequate for the pool, I would say upgrade the pump to a variable speed pump, get some savings out of that. If the filter was terribly undersized and the pump was, you know, um, say a three-quarter horsepower pump or something that met the requirements of the energy code, then I would say upgrade the filter to a bigger size. You know what I mean? Sure, that makes complete sense, yeah. So what about replacing equipment, though? I mean, should you just replace the faulty part with whatever's there? You know, like same size, like, okay, if uh, there's a, a pool that's got a one-horsepower pump, do you just automatically go, okay, I'm going to replace it with that, another one-horse? Or should you look at replacing it with something that's different and, and more correct for the pool? Well, I, you know, the one-horsepower pump is probably correct for the pool, but by t- by this the energy energy law or energy codes today you have to have a three-quarter horsepower in the state of florida you have to have a three-quarter horsepower a two-speed pump or a variable speed pump so if you go out there and replace a, a one horsepower motor with a one horsepower motor for this pump or just cut the whole pump out and put another pump in um you're doing them a disservice because it's going to draw too much power it'll probably do what it did before but uh doesn't meet the code and if you are licensed you really need to follow the guidelines on the installations not just uh you know put whatever's there years ago you put what's there it mm-hmm. was good for 20 years other 20 years you know but yeah. you can't do that now because you have different laws are in effect you know yeah, exactly you know that's the toughest thing for me to explain to people for them to understand so i actually have a a printout from the Florida Swimming Pool Association uh, regarding that code. So when I explain it to them, I have some hard evidence to show them so they understand that I'm not just trying to upsell them on a variable speed, even though that really is truly the best upgrade they can make versus replacing it with another single speed. But also that way it helps show them that I'm not trying to just, you know, pull one over on them, you know. So it's definitely important as a licensed person to follow the rules and codes. Right. And, and there, there might be some pools, you know, um, I, I'm – Again, I'm more familiar with Pentair, and I'm not trying to just plug Pentair. I'm really not. Um, but I'm the most familiar with their energy savings calculator that I've been using for since it came out of the website, really. Sometimes a variable speed pump for some pools, it doesn't. it's not going to save them a whole lot of money on a smaller pool. Because mm-hmm. you can run a variable speed pump and save them a little bit of money. And maybe like you know, 6 or $7 a month, it's not really going to pay itself off. The benefit is when you run that variable speed pump at that low speed, it's more efficient and uh, it will probably last a lot longer than on a, pump, on a pool that's, say, 20,000 gallons. It's really too big for that size pump. So you're making the pump run harder and longer and you're going to wear it out sooner. So, I mean, I think there's always a benefit for a variable speed pump in my opinion. Um, but some pools that are small, I would really try to push it too much. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe the pump. If the customer's on a fixed uh, income, they really can't afford it. I mean, if you don't have financing options or take credit cards, you know, um, I'm not a really a big fan of having debt. So I wouldn't really push a customer into that unless I really thought they needed to have a variable speed pump. If they, if I could tell they really couldn't uh, swing it, you know. Sure. Um, yeah. So that's important, I think, for me, ethically speaking, and I'm sure you probably feel the same way. You like to be debt free if you can, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, don't try to get someone into something they really can't afford if they don't really need it. So to tie in what you're just talking about, um, not necessarily the variable speed part, but just with equipment sizing and everything, I got a job tomorrow where I'm putting in a, 
a variable speed pump and also a filter. And the, the big debate was which size filter should they go with? And, um, you know, she showed me her pool. It was, a, it was an average size pool, about 10,000, 11,000 gallons. But I noticed an auto cleaner was there. So I said you could get away with a 100 square foot cartridge filter, but ultimately you, you really need 150 square foot because you got to think that that suction side cleaner is going to be running off that filter and, and how clean it is. So, you know, if you put an undersized filter in there, even though a 100 square foot wouldn't be undersized for the pool, running that auto cleaner, you get a lot more efficiency and, and longevity out of the, the filter by using 150 square foot, you know, and also keeps the uh, cleaner running longer and better. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, when you're presenting to a customer, I mean, this is this is a little off topic, but I try to give my customers like a good, better, best scenario. Yeah, me too. And, you know, and if you have three options and they say, I want the cheapest one possible, hey, that's fine. It'll work. Mm-hmm. And here's, here's a couple drawbacks, but if you want this, we'll give this to you. I just want to know that when I go to bed tonight, I give you the option for the bigger filter because that's the biggest problem I see. Uh, pool guys, they go out there clean the pool. The chemistry is beautiful. Everything's good. But they have a problem with this or that because the filter is plugged. You know, they don't clean the filter as often. So there's a little bit of forgiveness there if the pool guy doesn't clean the filter properly or yeah, exactly. at all. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's the biggest faux pas of uh, – installers is just you know not do, choosing the right size filter because i mean i i had a 26 gallon pool on my route that only had a 100 square foot cartridge filter one uh and it's just it was a nightmare it, it always will be yeah and let's just think about this anywhere you go there's always inclement, inclement weather you know out there so you you're on your route you got 10 more pools to go it's three o'clock you know you're trying to get done and it's raining on you, you're going to do a chemical stop instead of a, uh, you know, full service. You know, you do your chemicals, they're good, throw extra chlorine in, get in your truck, you go, you get three or four pools ahead, you're like, you know what, I have to clean that filter, so are you going to go back on Saturday and do it? Average pool guy's not going to do it. Now, no. you probably would, Eric, I know how you are. <laughs> so Guilty as charged. <laughs> but, you know, you, you just can't, you don't know who's going to come to the house and service the pool down the road, especially when you're building pools. So mm-hmm. I always tell people for the extra $50, $60, or if it's like 80 bucks extra, just help the customer. It's like 80, 85, 100 bucks extra. I'm going to give you another 50 square feet of filter. You have more surface area. Your pump's more efficient. You're better off in the long run. The cartridges are a little bit more expensive, but you replace them less often because uh, they're not getting beat up as bad, you know, like you are saying. Exactly. So, I mean, that's just a, a good point, you know, making sure everything's sized properly, not only for us as people that maintain them for the customers, but also, you know, to help the customers out so they're not constantly spending money all the time. That's the worst. That's the thing I hate the, the most is – you know, oh man, we got to replace this cartridge, and they're like, "Well, I just replaced it eight months ago." Yeah, but you got an, uh, a too powerful of a pump for this cartridge. You're destroying it because the filter's undersized. You know, so right. it's, it's th- that's where it's our job to make sure that we are doing our customers a service and not a disservice by installing the correct size equipment. Right, and like I said, if you're like a marathon runner using a coffee straw to for a marathon, you just can't do it. Really, I guess kind of tie it all together. You know, once the builder has a certain design here and then someone comes in rigs something or changes something down the road they've changed the circulation system they've added you know inch and a half pipes instead of two inch yeah you have to kind of recognize that if you have all two inch pipes coming out of the ground 
and you have inch and a half pipe on top of, over top of the ground, you know, coming out of the pump and the filter sure, or what sure. have you, you know, you have to, as a licensed professional, know, hey, look, I have to change this pipe over here because it's restricting the flow. This new pump's not going to really save you a whole lot of money if I don't replace this piece of pipe over here because all the all the water has to go through that pipe to get back to the pool again. So, you know, when you do an installation or you do an upgrade, you have to think about that kind of stuff too. You know, somebody before you may not be experienced or may not be licensed, and they just did a, a $50 repair for somebody to help them out. And all they had was inch and a half pipe on their truck, you mm-hmm. know, so they restricted the flow down the line. So you have to be able to recognize and see these things when you do upgrades and changes to a, a circulation system. And we're not talking this whole topic tonight really just talking about circulation. The different pumps and filters we have would be out like on a, a water feature for a waterfall. Sure. Uh, jet, jet pump, you know, all kind of stuff. So Great point. None of – yeah, none of those – uh, anything that's for like a water feature or anything that's additional, it's not circulation. You do not have to follow the three quarter, two speed, or variable speed um, options. You can have a, a, a two horsepower, three, four, five, six, whatever you want. I even have a pool that has four filters and eight pumps because they have a lot of water features. Yeah, and they're yeah. all they're all different sizes, you know. So we're gonna throw that in there for you. Awesome. Well, thanks for pointing that out. So that basically wraps up the episode with Joel. I really appreciate you uh, coming on. And uh, why don't you just give a quick plug about your business and uh, where you're located and how they can find you. We are over in Port St. Lucie, Florida. It's best way to describe it, about an hour and a half from Orlando, about an hour from Vero Beach, and about an hour from West Palm Beach. Small little town, but we're the fastest growing city. So there's a lot of builders here. You can connect with us on Facebook or our website, uh, jdpoolclean.com my phone number seven seven two two zero one two nine five eight. I'll help anybody out who has a question about something I may know you don't know so give me a call anytime I'll be happy to help anybody awesome Joel well thank you so much and uh, looking forward to having you on in the future great thanks for having us Eric hey no problem Joel have a good one you too buddy so there you have it. That's Joel with JD Pool Clean. He's a great friend of mine. I talk to him almost every day. He's a huge resource for me. He's just so knowledgeable. And uh, now he's a great resource for you guys because he's going to be on the show quite frequently. So you can see both of us gave specific scenarios for why it's so important to have the pool equipment sized properly for how it was originally designed. Because when you start going and changing things around, you can seriously alter the dynamics of the pool and really hinder the performance of the filtration equipment. I mean, if you have two-inch piping coming out of the ground, for instance, like we talked about, and then you put one-and-a-half-inch on the top, you're you're constricting the water flow very significantly. And then also, too, if you got an installer that's putting a bunch of 90s and bends and and, and circles in the the plumbing, again, you, you lose the percentage of flow every time you put on a fitting like that. So if you got a pool equipment pad that looks like a puzzle, you might want to hire somebody to come out and, and redo it to make things more optimal for your pool. So you can see how important it is to not only hire someone that's a licensed contractor to do this kind of stuff, but who truly understands how the, everything works and all that. Like that scenario I gave with the filter and the auto cleaner, you know, a hundred square foot filter would have worked in that situation, but to make it optimal, you know, I had suggested the, the larger filter just to make things run better. And that's something you need to look for when you're hiring somebody to do this kind of stuff because... You know, you're going to pay all this money to have it done incorrectly or, or not optimized. It's just it, it's a, 
disservice to you guys as a customer. So to close off this episode, I want to thank you guys for tuning in again. If you need to get a hold of Joel and you're in the Port St. Lucie area, just go a little further back in the podcast and get his contact information. If you need to get a hold of me, just go to chloringkingpools.com and fill out the contact us form. You can also reach out to us on Facebook. You can email us as well at eric, E-R-I-K, at chloringkingpools.com. We're also on Yelp, YouTube, LinkedIn. We're all over the place, so there's no shortage of ways to get a hold of us. So stay tuned next week. We're going to interview Natural Chemistry and talk about phosphates. They have some great phosphate removal products and also some testing products. So stay tuned, and uh, that'll be a great episode as well. Have a great evening, guys. That's all for tonight, and thanks for tuning in. Please send any comments or ideas, how-to and guest appearance requests, and product review suggestions to eric at chloreinekingpools.com. Remember, if life piddles in your pool of dreams, just add some chlorine and keep swimming. See you next time.